this will be my fourth short video in my series on covering the restrained recall. If you've not seen the other three segments on restrained recalls, you can go to my website and watch them on my streaming video page. I've put the address for that page on the screen right now. We'll begin by talking about distractions. It's one thing to have a dog do a lightning-fast recall in his backyard, and quite another to have that same dog do a lightning-fast recall at the park where there are a lot of people or dogs running around. The difference in the two scenarios is the level of distraction. Adding distractions to training is often called proofing the dog. Doing a good job of proofing can be the difference between a well-trained dog and a dog that only comes when it feels like working. The key to a dog working under distraction is to recognize when the dog is working in high drive. To introduce distractions before the dog is in high enough drive is only asking for failure. In addition, distractions should only be added in small increments, with the goal being for the dog to see the playing with the handler is more fun than running off and smelling the ground or running off to play with other people, dogs, and things. I can't tell you the steps to use with your dog. What works for your dog may not work for my dog or your friend's dog. A distraction could be something as simple as having your husband or wife out in the backyard watching you train. It could be the kids running around and playing, or it could be the mere presence of a ball or a high-value toy laying off to the side when your dog has to run past it to get to you. What I'm saying is that you need to determine what things your dog considers as distractions. Then you need to realize when you've added too many distractions too quick because your dog loses his focus on coming to you and becomes more interested in the things that distract him. The fact is, adding distractions can easily be a long training video or DVD in and of itself. One of the things I've always recommended is to set up your parameters for training and then train with success in mind. Now by that I mean, I want my dogs to learn that I have the best toys, the best food, and I'm the most fun to play with. This is done by limiting who's allowed to pet and play with my dog. To learn more about this, I suggest you visit my website and read my free ebook or listen to the free podcast on Who Pets My Dog. I've put the URL on the screen right now. The thing we do in our home is control our dog's access to our other dogs. Almost on a daily basis, we get training question emails from people who have more than one dog. Many of the problems multi-dog people face result from allowing their dogs to run together before they really should. So here's a rule of thumb we follow in our home. We don't allow our personal dogs to play with or run with one another unless we can call a dog back from another dog when he's playing. If we can't recall our dog back from another dog, then we've not set ourselves up to train for success. So our dogs stay on leash or drag a long line until we can call them away from our other dogs. A very important point in all of this work is our dogs have a foundation in marker training. If our dogs make a mistake in the recall work, 
We don't correct them. We simply say no and repeat the exercise or put the dog away. It could be that we simply say no, put the dog back in his dog crate for a couple of minutes, and then bring them out again and do it again, but with less distractions. A word of caution in how you approach your training for recalls. We don't assume our dogs will always come when called. So we do our foundation work in a safe area. This means a fenced yard or a fenced training area, like a tennis court or a baseball diamond. Once a dog gains proficiency and consistency in his recalls, the recall can be combined with another known exercise. By that I mean, rather than play with the dog, as soon as the dog gets to the handler, the dog will be expected to do something else when he gets there. This could be sit in front of the handler, or go into the heel position, or in our case, go between the handler's legs and face forward, which is a position used in the Mondial ring sport. When you combine two exercises like that, we call it linking, linking one exercise to another. The most important concepts that new trainers need to understand concerning linking exercises is that these two exercises, and they are, one is the recall, the other one is to go into position, must be trained separately. The dog needs to fully understand this before they're linked together. This is done to ensure that we don't confuse the dog. In other words, we train for success. So whistle, and then as he comes, just say place, lure him around the queen, and then, and then you can, at that point you can give him food or whatever, but... Yeah. <laughs> 
Excellent.